2.30 in the morning and you cannot sleep. You roll from one side to the other. You pound your pillow. Nothing helps. Everyone else sleeps, but not you. And so it's 2.30 in the morning, it becomes 3.30, and you still haven't slept. And anxiety begins to have its way with you. Another hour passes. You cover your head with a pillow. You feel like crying. What a mess. What does all this anxiety mean? All this insecurity, all this trepidation, all this worry, all this restlessness. What does it mean? Well, it means simply this. You are a human being. And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and on the show, we are going to talk about the results or the circumstances, the happenings of one of the most anticipated, exciting, dreaded, happy times of the year. That is the first day of school. That's right. Most of us, you, people you know, are back to school. And think of the exciting time that it is for a lot of these people, students, parents, extended family, aunts, uncles, friends. Because you've got a year where you have students, let's say in kindergarten, going to school for the very first time leaving home, having to go to campus, saying goodbye to mom and dad, maybe mom a little tear rolling down your cheek, maybe dad kind of choking back, that lump in your throat, as little Susie or little Johnny walk off to class, maybe it was a hard separation or maybe they waved goodbye and turned around and just bolted, kids thinking freedom. And then what about first grade? Last year, for a lot of people, there was no campus. Campus was locked down. A lot of online learning, Zoom learning. And so for a lot of first graders, first time on campus, first time away from mom and dad, again, maybe the same thing. Maybe mom, little tear, or maybe streams of tears. Dad, maybe choking back that lump in your throat. Or maybe after the year that we've had, year and a half, maybe parents are high-fiving each other. Ah, It's about time. Campus opens up. Send the kids off to school. Mommy, daddy time. Get back to work. Get back to some sense of normalcy. I don't know. It depends on what your experience was. And then you have those exciting moments, those kind of milestones, those marquee years where you're off to middle school. You jumped from elementary school to middle school. Maybe for some of you, that's sixth grade. Maybe others, that's seventh. And then you got the high school students going back, anticipating their first year in high school. Maybe that's ninth grade. Maybe that's 10th grade. You're on a new campus. And then, of course, the all-important senior year. 
lot of people last year lost out on a senior year and you had to do drive-through graduations. Other celebrations that weren't the traditional type of celebrations that you usually have when it comes to the end of the year and stuff like that. And then what about college? Think about all those students going off to college, maybe going back to campus or heading to campus for the first time, or maybe people that were away at campus at a school. Then you had to go home because of the pandemic. And now maybe you're off to a different school, or maybe you're going back to the same school. What's those expectations going to be like? But all of this can lead us all to anxiety. There's obviously other emotions involved. There's happiness. There's excitement, said the anticipation. But one of the biggest things that I've heard just from listening to people going through these experiences, watching on social media, social media is problematic, yes, but it also gives us an idea of what other people are going through. Pictures being posted, you know, first day of school, back to school, the last first day of school, Facebook, Instagram, maybe other places. And so you get to kind of have an idea of what different people are going through when they have their back-to-school experiences, right? For some of us, maybe it's a new job. Maybe you just started a new job at a new school. Or maybe you have to go back to campus. And the routine that you once had of maybe having it a little bit easier because you got to wake up and do an hour or two on Zoom online, and then you had some free time and Maybe your day wasn't as hectic as before, but now you have to get back into that routine, find your groove again. So this time of year is always that time where there's a lot of emotions going on and anxiety is one that pops up. And so that's what I want to talk about is maybe delve into a little bit of anxiety. And the main thing is, is anxiety is normal. You know, we like to look at anxiety as something that is bad, but it's a a normal part of life. Did you hear that first clip? Let's play it again and take a listen to that clip and what it says. Because a lot of us, when I was listening to it the first time, it can relate. You know, my life has been uh, significantly busy the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of new things going on, a lot of things that I've been anticipating, a lot of unknown, too. See, that's the other thing. It's the unknown. Anxiety is often a result of the unknown, you know, uh, fear of the unknown. The unknown is the monster under the bed or the monster in the closet, right? It's, it's the unknown. There's something spooky out there. And for maybe some people, it's, it's a frightening thing. But for others, it's not so frightening. It doesn't fall under that category. But it falls under anxiety. I'm nervous. I'm apprehensive. I don't really know what to expect. But for some reason, we tend to expect the worst, Now, for some of us, that might not be the question at all. That might not be the scenario at all. You're gung-ho, you're excited, you're back out there, you don't have a care in the world, you're just going to hit this thing, you're going to take your passion, make it happen, you're going to raise the standard, you're going to go after it, you're going to bring out your inner greatness, and you are locked and loaded, and you are going to fly. That's great. That's perfect. That's awesome that you can do that. And hopefully, you will recognize others around you that are maybe struggling a little bit more. And bring them with you. Take them for the ride. Try to instill into them that confidence that you have. 
But here's this clip again. Take a listen and see how it relates, if at all, and then listen to the end as to the reason all this is happening. It's 2.30 in the morning and you cannot sleep. You roll from one side to the other. You pound your pillow. Nothing helps. Everyone else sleeps, but not you. And so it's 2.30 in the morning, it becomes 3.30, and you still haven't slept. And anxiety begins to have its way with you. Another hour passes. You cover your head with a pillow. You feel like crying. What a mess. What does all this anxiety mean? All this insecurity, all this trepidation, all this worry, all this restlessness. What does it mean? Well, it means simply this. You are a human being. See, after all that, how many of you have spent a night tossing and turning? Now, if it's anything like me, I'll toss and turn. And then I'll look at the clock. And then I start to think, well, I'm not going to sleep much tonight. So that kind of adds to it. I'm not going to sleep much, so I'm going to be tired tomorrow. In fact, I just went through a, uh, a new project, just started a new project. And that's how I was the night before. I was sitting there, and I really had no reason to be anxious. I guess it was just being on time, being prompt. And I had a bit of a drive to go to to get there. And so I wanted to uh, make sure that I was up early enough to get there. And so I think that was probably, for me, the root cause of the anxiety maybe that I was uh, feeling and expressing. But, yeah, you toss and turn. And then you start to worry about being tired the next day and the clock, 2.30, 3.30, 4.30. And then right as you fall asleep, the alarm goes off. Now I have to get up and go after the day. We don't have the ability sometimes to just settle our mind. And be like, you know, it's going to be okay. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen because it'll take care of itself. If we are prepared, if we have gotten ourselves in that position so that when we arrive, everything will be okay, then we should be good. But I think of students. I think of students mainly that are off to college. A lot of anxiety, a lot of anticipation, a lot of things going on. I mean, think about it, okay? Not only do you have to worry about who your roommate is, where your dorm is, how do you find the dining hall? How does the dining hall work? I have to use my swipes. Do I use my swipes here or do I use my bucks there? Then I have to find where all my classes are. Then I have to make sure I have all my books on time. Then do I have my syllabus and everything that the syllabus recommends that I have? Then am I going to be able to get from class A to class B in time? Or do I have too much downtime? I have to fill my downtime. And then what about my suite mates, if those are there or people on the dorm floor? There's a lot of things that can build up. And then maybe if you have a job, maybe you have a job on campus, maybe off campus. How's that going to be like? How's that going to fit in to your schedule? And then are your professors, are your professors going to be good professors? Are they going to be fair or are they just going to do whatever because they're tenured professors what type of job are you going to do do you have 
anxiety, anticipating what the school year is going to be like. See, I think that if you are a professor, a teacher, there should be some sort of anxiety, a twinge of something in your gut, whether it be butterflies, maybe it's not anxiety like you're paranoid or you can't sleep at night, but there's got to be some emotion, something in you, like the butterflies, let's say, that is getting to you at the start of school. Because if not, I think you're complacent. Now, you can have confidence and you could be teaching for 100 years and you have your syllabus and you have your lesson plans and you have everything out there ready to go. And that's great. And you're confident, comfortable. But if you just don't have something in you, if you're sleeping like a baby, maybe you're a little too complacent. Because even athletes have a little butterfly situation going on, a little something nudging at them during the big game or during the start of the season or during the uh, right before concert. A lot of people get nervous. I've read a lot of bios on musicians and they get a little nervous before they get out there and perform. There's got to be a little something there because I think that keeps us like that keeps the drive, that keeps us aware of our surroundings, that keeps us moving forward. Otherwise we get complacent. But students, you're sitting there trying to figure this all out and then maybe you show up on campus And somebody, maybe a counselor who has good intentions, but maybe doesn't quite know you and doesn't quite understand your situation and where you're trying to go. So they drop the next four years on you, the next three years, the next two years. This is going to be your path. We're going to map it out. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, man, I was just trying to get through day one of school, and I've got to worry about the next two, three years. And then all that is piled on. And then they're talking about summer school, and they're talking about spring maybe doing classes during spring break or winter break or wait, this school doesn't have winter break, so now i got to go find another school to do classes online and see if it transfers. There's a lot. And I know a lot of this is geared toward the college age, the scenarios I'm throwing out there. But think about this. What about your senior in high school? You haven't figured out what college you're going to. Maybe you still have to take the SATs or the ACTs if they still exist, if you still have to. I know some colleges are waiving them maybe not even going back to them at all. But now you have the anxiety of trying to get into a college. And not only do you have your senior year, but now you have to worry about college. So now you're to the point where maybe you can't enjoy your senior year because you're too anxious about where you're going to college. So there's a lot of things, a lot of expectations put on our young people, you know, and in the end, what does it mean? Where's this anxiety coming from? When we are in control and we know what's going on, like I said, if you're a teacher, a professor, and you've been teaching forever and you have your lesson plans together and you are set and you are good to go and you are ready, you have the power, right? You're in control. You've got your world squared off. Maybe that greatness is coming out of you. But where does the anxiety come from? What would be the key word for the reason why we have anxiety? You see, anxiety, depression, and unhappiness, they all come from a sense of powerlessness. They all come from a sense of powerlessness. So when you're powerless, you feel anxious. When you're powerless, you feel depressed. When you're powerless, you feel unhappy. So the, the idea that, that you're powerless over your debts, powerless over the sentence, powerless over the battle, that somehow it's up to you to try to make it happen, that will bring you sadness. It will bring you 
anxiety. It will bring you. So we only get anxious about something because we're not certain about what the outcome is going to be. Why would you be anxious about something you're sure about? Anxiety is a result of powerlessness. You feel powerless about school, that you won't be able to get the assignments done. You're not certain that you're going to be able to fulfill the requirements. You don't know. And so then that anxiety, that uncertainty, maybe depression, unhappiness starts to seep in and gnaw at you. And we, all have, we've, we have all experienced it. We've all gone through it. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a, a vacation. It doesn't matter if it's a job, school, whatever. We've all done it, even the good times. The good times. What about those athletes that are sitting there, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, the list goes on. Don't you think they maybe had a little bit of anxiety thinking, what if the Super Bowl is coming? I'm going to be in it. I have an opportunity, Tom Brady, to win my seventh and establish myself as possibly the greatest athlete quarterback of all time. He's probably calm, cool, and collected, but there's a little something probably there, a little uncertainty as to can I get this done and can I attain that? Musicians, can I go out there in front of 10,000 people, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000, Lollapalooza, all those festivals, and can I get the job done? Now, a lot of them obviously have the experience to get there and to do that, but what about college students, high school students, elementary school students, you know, back to school. It's a little bit difficult because each new year represents new challenges. It's not the same. You know, a lot of times, I think it was um, Lou Holtz, head coach at uh, Notre Dame, other schools as well. But he said, you never return to a place that you once were as far as, and I guess he was referring to coaching because it's not the same. You can't go back to what it was that you experienced once you've left because you can't recreate that. You can't recreate that. It's not the same. So even though you went to a school the next year, it might not be the same. You might have a new roommate, new classes, new professors, a whole new situation. But it's that powerlessness in us that we can't control the outcome, that we won't be able to complete all the assignments. We won't be able to get the job done. And that's the difference between people that are in control and really don't have anxiety. They have the confidence in themselves that they know they can get the job done. They still may have those butterflies fluttering around, but they are still going to know in their minds because their mindset is put together in such a fashion they've believed they believed in themselves. They know they can do it. They put the work in, whatever it might be, and now they know they can go out there and get the job done. And then what about the team around them? I was talking to one young kid off at uh, college, and again, the counselors kind of dumped the next two, three years on his lap and said, this is what you're going to be doing for your classes. And it was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I can get this done. I don't know if I can do this. And so then instead of just worrying about the first day of school or maybe the first week and navigating all the hurdles that the first week of school might have, it was like, I got to worry about trying to find summer school. I got to try to find something for winter classes. I need to see if I can get all. No, 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 wait. 
See, that's the powerlessness in us, thinking that we can't control the future. You know what? We can't. That's the reality of it. See, we need to take the anxiety within us and put it into a reality check. What can we control? We cannot control the future. If there is one thing that we have learned over the last year and a half, maybe two years is the future is unpredictable and we don't know what's going to happen. A rainy day is in our future. So we can't control that. What can we control? We can control what's right in front of us. The next day, perhaps, although tomorrow isn't guaranteed, but perhaps we prepare for that. We prepare for the next week. Maybe we plan out a couple weeks. I know back in high school and maybe even elementary school now, maybe junior high, but they would give you these binder reminders, flashback, PTSD, of all the things that we had to get done or assignment books that we had to fill out, have our parents sign. And so there's a lot of things that we would do to kind of control the future so that we stay on track. But we don't really know what's going to happen down the road. And then, of course, when we go off to college, maybe high school, there's that box that people put us in. You need to get done in four years, get your degree, go to graduate school, get your master's, and then maybe get a job, get a PhD, whatever. They're putting us in this box. And so sometimes we have to be creative. So as this one young guy was out there trying to navigate all this stuff that was just dropped on his lap, I was talking to him and I was like, you know what, let's just worry about this semester. Let's just worry about this week because we can figure other things out. We can figure out other things as to, okay, well, your current school doesn't offer winter courses. Obviously, there's other colleges out there. They have them. Probably within the same, like, you know how, like, the UC systems, you have UCLA, you have UC Irvine. So if UCLA didn't have a class, maybe UC Irvine does, and maybe that class transfers, boom. So you can solve those problems later on if you think outside that box. But society puts us in that box. Then we feel powerless, and then the anxiety sets in. We talked a little bit ago about mentors, you know, a couple shows ago, role models. See, that's what we need to, to have. See, this whole thing comes together. The powerlessness comes together or to defeat powerlessness, I should say. It needs to come together with the whole package. We need to first change our mindset. Yes, we can go out there and we can overcome this. I can take control. I can take control of these things. Not two, three years down the road this semester. Then maybe what do I need to do is get some help. Maybe go to a, a tu- uh, to tutoring or study groups. Now I'm going to start to put these pieces together. I have to pick a school. I'm a senior in high school. Don't know what school I'm going to next. Got to take the SATs, the ACTs. So you plan out strategy. And then maybe you have a backup plan just in case because you never know. Colleges, for some reason, will decline you for no reason whatsoever. Only because there was a million applications and they just pulled A, B, C, D, and these are the ones coming in. We don't know. We can't control that. So why should we worry over that? We can't control what college we're going to get into. We can have all the AP classes. We can have all the extracurricular activity. We can have all that. We can have everything. Our ducks in a row. And it comes down to possibly chance. Someone pulling our resume or pulling our application or pulling our transcripts. And we get the job. We go to the college. We get into this position, into this club, into this fraternity, whatever. Luck of the draw. And so we have to start to think about it in terms of what is making us feel 
powerless. And how can we overcome that? And as we do that, then I think what we start to do is we start to lose that anxiety. We may still have the nerves. We may still have the butterflies flapping around. But the anxiety tends to go away. And then once we start to experience that first day of school or that first day on the job or that first new project that's getting underway that I'm now in control of and make sure and I have to make sure every little detail gets done. Okay. Once we start to experience it, it's talking to another young college student on campus. Everything's going smoothly, but there is an off campus job awaiting and thoughts start going through the mind about whether or not it's going to be good to have this job because they don't really know what it's about. And there's uncertainty. So they start thinking about maybe a job on campus, but then they go to the off-campus job, talk to the place of business, the people in charge, and then the next thing you know, wow, this is going to be a great place to work and you start to see all the positives. See, that's the other thing, too, is when we focus on what could go wrong, we're going to miss out on what could go right. Remember, if we think we can, or if we think we can't, we're going to be right. It starts with our mindset. So we got to start to believe that we can overcome the anxiety, the powerlessness in what we can't control. We got to take back that power. We got to take it back and we need to condition ourselves to come up with ideas and to come up with things maybe outside that box that will help us to overcome that powerlessness and take the power back. Because oftentimes, as we've learned over the years, life is life. And that's all we can expect from it. People like to say, oh man, I wish I had a normal life. Well, I like to respond is, uh, the way I like to respond anyways is, well, what's normal? We got to define what normal is. And then once they start to define what normal is, then I'm like, I kind of chuckle. I'm like, dude, this is life. There isn't anything normal about life except the perception of what everybody else thinks normalcy should be. We, to a great extent, behave, think, react because of some previous experience that we've had. One of the things that we know about life is that it is always changing. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes things go real well, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes you're happy, and sometimes you're sad. Now that's that thing called life. But you're gonna have some ups and you're gonna have some downs. But during those down moments, that's where the growth takes place. Anybody can feel good when they have their health, their bills are paid, they have happy relationships. Anybody can be positive then. Anybody can have a larger vision then. Anybody can have faith under those kinds of circumstances. The real challenge of growth, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, comes when you get knocked down. How you handle it, that's where the growth takes place. Tub thumping. 
If you're not familiar with the the group, they're a group that sings a song, I Get Knocked Down, I Get Up Again, Never Gonna Keep Me Down. I used to play that song a lot because that's a good thing to think about, right? If, if life is knocking us down, we got to get back up. If you go to the beach and you're in the ocean and the waves are hitting you and hitting you and hitting you, they're going to keep coming. Now, what you do is you either say, okay, this is fun and I like this and I'm going to keep playing in the waves or you're going to keep getting knocked over and be like, dude, I am out of here and you're going to leave. But the waves are going to keep coming and it's what you do with those waves. Some people jump on a surfboard and they ride those waves. Maybe you're on a boogie board and you're riding those waves. Maybe you're body surfing or maybe you're jumping through them. Maybe you're going under them. However, you enjoy the waves. You're out there splashing around in the water, having fun. That's what we got to do with life. We got to figure out how we're going to ride these waves, the ups and downs. Maybe some waves are little ripples and we're just like, okay, no big deal. Then the tsunami comes. How are we going to overcome that? The tsunami wave of life is coming our way. But we got to find out a way how we can ride it, how we can go under it. What can we do to possibly avoid it? If it's a riptide, we got to avoid that, swim out of that. And so life is always changing. Life always has ups and downs, but the downs is where the growth is. Not too long ago, I was uh, dabbling in the stock market. And so uh, this is not any stock advice. Do not take my stock advice. Although I will say I did come out with at least a dollar more than I put in. So I call that a success. I had to strategically figure out where to bail out of some things, especially like in the cryptocurrency. That was fun. That was a wild ride. But again, you know, it was just kind of fun just trying to experiment and figure it out. But here was the thing. When you're learning about the stock market, the one thing you have to understand is there will be ups. That's where you gain on your money. There will be downs. That's where you lose money. But as the stock is dropping, you might be losing money. But if you think that stock is going to come back because of the trends, then as it's going down, you're putting more money in, getting more stock. Because the lower the stock is, that's when you want to buy. Buy low, sell high. And so that's like life. You know, we don't want those downtrends in life to come. But that's where we grow. If you're in school and you start to get behind and the semester doesn't go the way you think it does, instead of getting anxious, just realize, what did I learn here? What can I learn from this? Oh, I need, a, I need to go from a boogie board to a surfboard. I need to work on things so that next semester it's better. Here, one key note in life, if you're in school, we all should strive for the best possible grades. Some may be A's, others it might be B's. Always strive for your best. That's what I preach here. Strive for your best. Bring out that inner greatness. Raise the standard. But I'll give you a hint. In life, nobody cares what you've got as far as a grade in history class. I personally love history, so I thrived in history. All they're going to do is ask you if you graduated. So again, sometimes we have to be strategic. There were times in college, and parents, you might want to cover your ears because of this advice. You might not agree with it. But there were times in college where there was a class that I really didn't care about, but I had to take to graduate. Feeling me? I did the bare minimum. I'm going to take a C because I have to get through this and I'm not going to be able to get through this if I put all my efforts into everything. So sometimes I would sacrifice a class 
Now, I made sure I passed it so that I would get credit and so that then I could graduate. But no one's ever asked me what I got in sociology my freshman year in college or anthropology, although I did get an A in anthropology. But nobody's going to ask you that. Do you have a degree? That's all they want to know. So sometimes we might have to be strategic in some of the things that we do. Figure out life. So in that case, when I was going through my undergrad, I figured out life. And then as I got older and did some graduate work, I figured it out. And so undergrad might not be your place, but maybe later in grad school, because you're a little bit older, the mind has matured, you have life experience. There's a lot of different things that will affect life as we know it. But we don't have to have the anxiety because we are powerless. We just have to realize, you know what, life changes. And right now I might be in the down wave or I might be crashing and burning. But you know what? I'm going to catch the next wave and I'm going to have the ride of my life. It's kind of like the movie Wall Street at the end. There was a quote, something like this. When you look into the abyss and there's nothing staring back at you, that's when you know what type of character you have. And that's when the biggest growth happens. And that's when you have an opportunity to start to rebuild or put together a new plan or whatever the case may be. And then see how much growth you get from it. It's amazing what we can do if we don't focus on the negative. And we focus on what things can we do to improve this. So I'm struggling, whether it be school, work, whatever the case may be. I'm struggling. How can I fix this? We like to focus on the struggle. I like watching... I don't want to say victim movies, but, you know, there's movies out there where the victim is powerless, right? Because they are fearful. They're fearful that, okay, let's take horror films, for example, okay? You can take the horror films like uh, Halloween or any one of those. The main character is always powerless and fearful and can never do anything. But then once they rise above that fear and they're like, okay, now it's time to kick butt, the fear is gone, they conquer, Now, again, it's a movie. I understand it's in the script, but that's the analogy. When we start to get away from that fear, that powerlessness, that anxiety, and be like, okay, how can I fix this? Okay, I've got a million things on me. I can't handle it. I've got a million things due. I can't handle it. Start with the first one that's due. Which one is due now? Which one is due second? Put them in some sort of time order, chronological order. When they're due, start with that. Or just start with one. I'm going to get this done. And then when this is done, I'm going to get this done. Figure it out. Because life does have its ups and downs. And we never know how that's going to be or when they're going to come. We never know when that rogue wave of life is going to come and smack us on the side and send us for a tumble. But you know what? If we're prepared, we can hold our breath. We can gain our equilibrium, know which way's up, down, and bust through the surface and keep surfing. The happiest people on earth do not compare themselves to others. Ever. They run their own race, and they are happy for all others to run theirs in their own time and their own way. Happy people don't have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. Things will never work out as planned. This is life, not a movie. How you respond to how things work out will determine the quality of your life. Let me ask you this. Do you believe... There has ever in the history of this world lived a human that was depressed beyond measure in a world of suffering, but still somehow managed to turn it around and create a life not only amazing to him, but envied by others. 
Of course there has. The truth is the pain you feel when you are depressed is coming from your thoughts about your current life situation or situations. Not the events, but your thoughts about the events. Change your thoughts and you change your life. If you change your thoughts, you change your life. It's all about mindset. The journey might be difficult because of life's ups and downs. We might feel powerless, have anxiety about it. But if we change our thoughts, we can change our life. The other thing, too, that a lot of people like to do, which causes anxiety, is compare themselves to others. Don't ever do that. You have your life. One life to live, it's yours. Live it your way. You don't have to live it their way. You know, we don't have to keep up with the Kardashians or the Joneses or whatever generation you are that you're trying to catch up with. No, you do you. Live the life that you want, how you want. Make it the best life possible because you only get once and time here on earth is short, as we've all learned. But live life to the fullest. Do it your way. If somebody else is taking 16 classes and overloading and all that, that's great. That's them. If you want to take three or four classes and you want them to be at 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock and that's it and you can work it out and you have the rest of the time free, do it. Do you because you're the only one that can do it and you have to live your life. Others aren't living their Other people aren't going to live your life for you. You have to live yours. So therefore, make it work for you. And especially if you are some something new, you got to figure it out your way. One of the things like in uh, radio or anything that I do, People like to train. Okay, we've got to train you how to do this. And training is necessary. But at some point, it's like, okay, I got this down. Just go. Let me figure it out my way. You've given me the nuts and bolts. You've given me all the instruction. You've given me the how-tos. Now, I'm going to figure out how to do it my way. It's like playing the guitar. You might learn the notes and how to do the chords. But then you're going to come up with your own way to make that guitar sing. That's what we got to do with life. We'll take the nuts. We'll take the bolts. We'll take the instruction. We'll take all the things, the information that we need. We'll put it together, we'll mix it up in a bowl, and then we'll create our own masterpiece. That's what we got to do. But don't ever compare yourself because that's one of the biggest problems that we come across in society is people comparing themselves to others, whether it be their looks, whether it be their lifestyle, whatever it might be. Don't compare yourself. Live you because you know what? You're unique. You're special. You're your own individual person. Like a snowflake, every single snowflake is different. No two snowflakes are alike that fall from the sky. But it's beautiful. Snow is beautiful. Not too much snow could be annoying, but snow is beautiful. Rain. California needs rain. Raindrops fall. Beautiful. But no two snowflakes are the same. So you are beautiful in and of yourself. Remember that time we talked about the mirror. Just make sure you're looking at the right reflection and you have the right information coming at you. But whatever you do, don't give up. When you're up against a trouble, meet it squarely face to face. Lift your chin and set your shoulders. Plant your feet and take a brace. When it's vain to try and dodge it, do the best that you can do. You may fail, but you may conquer. See it through. Black may be the clouds about you, and your future may seem grim. But don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fighting trim. If the worst is bound to happen, in spite of all that you can do, running from it will not save you. See it through. Even hope may seem but futile when with troubles you're beset. 
to remember you are facing just what other men have met. You may fail, but fall still fighting. Don't give up, whatever you do. Eyes front, head high to the finish. See it through. Now in that clip, it talks about going where other people have gone, doing what other people have done. Okay, not comparing yourself to that, but you can have the confidence that no, other people have probably been in similar situations as you, and they've gotten it done. You can do it. Find those examples, find those models, find those people that have gone through. That's one of the things that I think the biggest thing in life is just following people like mentors, you know, people going through similar experiences, coming together. So maybe on campus, there's a support group. Maybe in your business, uh, they offer support groups, people to talk to, find like-minded people, because that will help overcome the powerlessness that you would feel that causes the anxiety. We start to realize, oh, they're going through that. Okay, I'm not the only one, right? Big burden off the shoulders when we find out other people are going through it. Now, we still have to deal with it, but it's a big burden. Oh, others are going through it. Okay, I'm not the only one. Thank goodness. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, if we're looking at what other people have done, maybe that motivates us, gets us out there. Maybe we want to do better than what they did push it forward because we have to be able to sometimes in life sit there and realize that things are coming our way and we're going to have to fight talks about don't running away. Now there might be times where we have to alter the battle plans. So maybe you drop a course, take it later. Maybe you remove it. I was talking to one student and for whatever reason, I don't know, the counselor suggested that you take a math class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 o'clock. Now, I don't know anybody. First off, I don't know any professor that's going to be teaching Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 o'clock. But anyways, and so the student was thinking about it and took it and was like, why did I take that? I have to take it. And was dreading taking it. And so I just suggested, well, why don't you drop it and fill it with another class? And the response was something along the lines of, I can do that. My counselor said, no, the counselor's there to advise, live your life. Found another class, dropped the math class. I have to take the math. That's the biggest thing. I will have to take it. We'll take it at another time that's convenient for you. You got to do you. You got to be able to do it your way. So, yeah, you have to take the classes. And in my undergrad, as my senior year rolled around, I was taking some classes I did not want to take. But I had to because, A, I needed to graduate. And this filled this box. And this one filled this box. And this one filled this box. And it was the time frame that I can take it. In fact, there was a couple times I had to go down because I went to Cal State Los Angeles as my undergrad. I had to go at 6 o'clock at night. Have you ever tried to drive the freeways at 6 o'clock at night in Los Angeles? That's nearly impossible. 6 to 10, Monday through Thursday, because I took a class Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday. One was geography, and the other was something else. I don't even remember. I remember the drive, but I had to take them because it fit with my work schedule, and I needed those classes to graduate, and that was it. So I had to do it. I found a way, though. I've got my surfboard out, and I rode that wave of life. Okay? So that's what we got to do. We got to figure out what it is, and it might be outside the box. But if we sit down and we look at it, we can start to realize that, you know what? I can figure this out. Here's a way. Or seek advice. Maybe that's the other thing. Instead of looking at other people, seek advice. How did you do this? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I like that. How did you do this? Oh, okay. I don't like that. How did you do this? Oh, okay, yeah. 
And then you start to see what works for you. So seek advice. Talk to other people. When you communicate with other people, you start to learn and start to pick things up. I know one of the, the biggest things I like to do when I go to college campus, especially around when people are moving, like I'm moving weekends, and I get to go, uh, uh, again, a few times, is I like to peek in other people's rooms to see what they have set up in their dorm. Maybe they've got something cool that they discovered, a way to set up their dorm. I want to do that. Or other people want to do that. So we're taking from other people and we're enriching our own lives. This next clip comes from Steve Harvey, a guy I like to play often uh, on the show as much as I can for the clips that he has. And so take a listen to what Steve Harvey has to say about life. Every successful person in this world has jumped. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Eventually, you are going to have to jump. You cannot just exist in this life. You have got to try to live. If you are waking up thinking that there's got to be more to your life than it is, man, believe that it is. Believe in your heart of hearts that it is. But to get to that life, you're going to have to jump. I'll tell you why I call it jumping. When you see people in life when you're standing on the cliff of life and you see people soaring by, and you see people soaring, going to exotic places, you hear about them doing wonderful things. Maybe you look up the street and your neighbor just gets a car every year and every two years. You know, how is he doing that? Have you ever thought, maybe this person right here has identified their gift and is living in their gift? You just got to quit looking at gifts as running, jumping, singing, dance. It's more than that. It's if you know how to network, if you can connect dots, if you draw, if you teach. Some of y'all fry chicken better than anybody else. Bake pie. Some of you cut hair, color hair. Your gift, not your education. You go get an education, that's nice. But if you don't use your gift, that education only going to take you so far. I know a lot of people got degrees, man. They ain't even using it. It's your gift. But the only way for you to soar is you got to jump. You got to take that gift that's packed away on your back. You got to jump off that cliff and pull that cord. That gift opens up and provides the soar. You got to jump in order to soar. Now, he talks about the gift. I like to refer to it as greatness. The greatness in you, whatever that might be. The gift he talks about could be making fried chicken, baking a pie, simple things like that, to getting your degree and becoming a great scientist, doctor, saving lives, whatever. But you have a gift. You have that greatness in you. You need to bring it out. And if you want to soar up where eagles fly, you got to jump. you got to take that chance. you got to go after it. Some of the greatest things. I know a lot of people, I've talked to a few people recently, in fact, that have skydived. And everybody talked about anxiety. People get scared when they think about skydiving, but they go and do it anyways. And they've got those butterflies and they got that anxiety, but they force themselves out that airplane door and they start falling. They say it's the best experience ever. Then the parachute deploys and they're just floating, sailing. They're soaring. And it's euphoric. But they jumped to get that feeling. They jumped to accomplish that. 
That's what we got to do in life. We got to take our greatness. And if we want to soar, we have to jump. We have to take it and run with it. Mount up with wings like eagles. So we soar. Because otherwise, if we just keep it packed away, it's going to do nobody, including yourself, any good. There's greatness in you. And that greatness could be something as being a friend to your roommate, being a friend to your neighbor, smiling to the older gentleman across the street, or maybe the homeless guy that we all kind of cower from. Oh, roll up the window, lock the doors, and get on my phone real quick as the homeless guy who's on the street corner begging for money is coming down our way. But maybe it's just a wave. Maybe you crack the window. Again, you got to protect yourself. But maybe you crack the window and he's like, hey, dude, got nothing. I'm so sorry, but have a great day. I'm smiling for you. I don't know. You got to decide for yourself. But just some little things like that, greatness. Maybe going to go on to be something that the world considers great, a great athlete, great musician, a great doctor, great science, uh, whatever it is. But there's greatness in you. So if you take your greatness and maybe let's use Steve Harvey's gift, And let's merge them. You take the greatness and the gift and you put that together and you actually jump and you soar. Where do you think you are going to end up? There are places that you probably can't even imagine. Education might not always be necessary, but education, because that's what he said. He goes, sometimes he knows people who have been, uh, who have degrees and they never use them because they're using their gift. But Degrees and education will open doors for you that you may never think of. So as you're sitting there going to school, as you're sitting there wondering why you're studying anthropology or whatever other type of topic that, you know, you're going to use for the rest of your life, right? Algebra. So as you're learning that and you're wondering why, education will open doors that you may never see along the road of life. All of a sudden, I've got my education. Oh, wait, there's a door that I can go through. For me, it was teaching. I wanted to do radio, radio, radio. But I went back before I got uh, into the radio. I got a degree, an undergrad. And then during the radio world, I decided to get a master's. And then eventually, that opened up a teaching door. I never would have been able to teach radio at a community college if I didn't have a degree. Even though that's not what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to do radio. But then I got to go over here and I got to use my gift to hopefully impact other people, other students, and hopefully give them an education so that then they can go and take their gift, their greatness, and soar. But we got to jump. If we don't jump, we're not going to soar. If we don't soar, we're not going to see greatness. One of the biggest things when you watch a bird or even like the eagle soar, if you watch birds fly, it's pretty amazing, right? Pretty graceful. Maybe planes in the sky. Maybe you like to go out and fly a kite. Pretty exciting, right? People think, wow, flying a kite, what? Well, we all know Ben Franklin uh, flew a kite and look what happened. But yeah, it's just something amazing. Or the clouds. There's just something amazing about soaring in the sky. Now imagine taking that and soaring in life. And it might be soaring for you. How high you go might be different than somebody else. But you know what? You're using your gift. We all have something in us, like that snowflake, right? We're all individuals. Our gift is individual and unique to us. We all have that. We just got to use it. We just got to jump. But the thing that we have to do before anything else is believe in ourselves. Sometimes you just have to believe in yourself. 
Nothing can be achieved until first it's believed. You have to believe it to see it. Sometimes the easiest way to get what you want is to just start. To just take that first step. You can do and be anything that you want, no matter what. No matter what you've been told and conditioned to think growing up. Start from today to believe that you can. We know what we want, but we don't do anything to actually go and get it. All the while that you're standing around, waiting, doubting yourself, telling yourself you can't have this and you can't have that for whatever reason, you're never going to get it. Focus on how your life will be better and what your life will look like when you get what you want. Greatness isn't achieved by that one massive thing you do. It's those tiny little consistent baby steps we take every single day that add up to achieving that goal. Amazing things happen when you believe you have something. Mindset. You've got to believe in yourself. And then once you believe in yourself, you've got to take that first step. Got to jump. If you don't jump, if you don't take that first step, you're going to be where you're going to be for the rest of your life. You can't move forward unless you step forward. Step forward. Take the jump. Believe in yourself. Know that you have greatness. Know that you have that gift in you. Jump and soar. Fly high. Spread those wings and soar through life, being the greatest that you could possibly be. Raise that standard. Take your passion. Make it happen. And let yourself be great. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Uh, like I said, just here to try to help you, maybe give you some uh, insight into life. You know, like I like to say, take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. You know, we've also talked about in the past about uh, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so that you don't have to. And what I'm telling you from my experience is if you live life to the fullest, if you figure it out what you want, maybe get outside that box. Sometimes living in that box is okay. But if you can get outside of that too, there's a whole world out there that's just waiting for you to fly high in. If you go to Instagram, there's a couple of Instagram pages. Well, first off, the best place to go is RadioWarp.com, Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. It's my website. So I'd love for you to check it out. You can find shows there. You can have links to all the other places where the show is. There's links to my Instagram which is TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast for the show page. And then my personal page is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And then on those uh, Instagram pages, there's a link in the bio that will take you to different places. So RadioWarp.com, there's also a place where you can listen live 24-7 to music, to the podcasts, to other shows that go on. And then there's a link to our uh, merchandise shop, the swag shop, if you want cool merchandise for two steps ahead. I know it's hoodie season. A lot of people looking forward to busting out their hoodies. we got nice hoodies there for uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast, so you can go there and get your hoodie, get ready for hoodie season. I guess at one time it was sweater weather, but now it's hoodie season. And then there's other things like uh, glassware, drinkware, T-shirts, long-sleeve T-shirts, all kinds of things. So really appreciate it if you went to uh, the swag shop and checked it out. And then, of course, uh, if you subscribe to YouTube or a SoundCloud, you can uh, be notified every time a new show goes up and never miss a, a show. But RadioWarp.com is the, the best place to go for one-stop shopping for Two Steps Ed podcast. RadioWarp.com plus great entertainment uh, 
great entertainment music being played 24-7 on the uh, Listen Live link. We're here every week, or at least we try to be every week, to bring you something. I think we've surpassed our 90th episode. This might even be episode 91, approaching 100 episodes. Hard to believe. But we'd like to thank you for being with us. Without you and your support, this uh, podcast would never be the same. Um, reach out. Let me know what you think. You can just go to um, our Instagram and DM me. Send me a direct message and let me know what you think uh, about the show. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you would tell a friend and just let them know, RadioWarp.com, and uh, spread the word, that would be greatly appreciated as well. So as we begin this new year, so to speak, whether it be on campus, whether a new job, or maybe just trying to get back to some normalcy, sending your kids off to school, whatever the case may be, uh, do the best that you can. Soar. Take that first step. Jump. Take your passion. Make it happen. And let yourself be great. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.